Hello wonderful people. Today we are starting a four-part series that I'm going to run one week uh, each over the next four months, so June, July, August, September, and I'm going to be walking through four problematic, difficult, challenging emotions. Those feelings that make us clench in our guts and feel uncomfortable. Um, perhaps there are even feelings that we avoid actively or feelings that when we experience them in other people, we um, run away, uh, resist, um, try and communicate displeasure towards um, their feelings we don't like. And I'm going to make some space to dive into them because, well, certainly in my experience, that those things that I really don't like, those things that I have a strong reaction against, um, are probably the very things that are holding precious data about who I am and what I need. Um, so to kick off, I'm going to start with a feeling that a lot of us find very problematic in ourselves or in other people, and that is anger. Anger is a biggie. We tend to talk about angry people as people we find off-putting or frightening. We talk about people having anger problems. We talk about the shame we feel when we lose our temper. There's a sense of out of controlness around this feeling um, that can be really scary. So I'm going to invite you to to walk with me through through your own stories as we talk about anger. Let's walk through your experiences so far with this feeling. How does anger present in your story? How does it show up through the various chapters in your life? Can you remember your first encounter with anger? Was it yours or someone else's? Was your anger dismissed as a child? Perhaps you were told that you were really cute when you were angry. That your tantrums just made your parents giggle. Was your anger effective or dismissible? Did you experience your parents' anger? If you don't have memories of this, dig deep because every parent has moments of anger. But they don't all display it the same way. Some of us will have experienced what's often called the silent treatment. Cold anger burning deep within that that cuts us off from communication with others or explosive anger that's loud and big and might even get physical or another kind of cold anger I would call um, controlled anger a kind of deliberate often described as disciplinary techniques Maybe corporal punishment or 
maybe um, being grounded or having other other disciplines that perhaps made sense to us at the time, made sense to our families, but we can remember the anger in our parents or guardians' faces. Do we have memories of sibling anger? And then what about if we just expand slightly out of our immediate family and caregivers? What about the cultural expressions of anger as we encountered them through our story? In some cultures, anger is more socially acceptable in particular forms than others. I remember noticing how a certain style of bantering discussion um, that I was very used to in West Africa would be perceived by British students as really aggressive, too loud, too big, too contrary, too interrupting. It would be seen as angry or disrespectful but it was a really fun, engaged way of demonstrating interest in the culture that I grew up. Anger doesn't always translate. If you think through the cultures, the landscapes of of your story, where does anger show up and how does it change form? And then we can think about our partnerships, our romantic relationships, perhaps our work relationships. Where has anger shown up there? Anger in the workplace can be a very, very difficult thing and it often feels more passive aggressive, harder to negotiate, perhaps in the form of workplace bullying. Anger can show up because we've failed to meet expectations, but expectations may not have been clear to us. What are your experiences of anger? How do you get angry? What makes you angry? The things that really trip us into that flare, that heat of response, whether we externalize it or keep it internal, what is it that tricks that, trips that switch? Is it lack of politeness? Is it an expectation we find unreasonable? Is it disrespect? What gets to us? And why does this matter to our story? One of the 
things that anger does is it tries to protect us. It makes us bigger than the other person. Or it makes the other person ignorable. We don't need to be concerned with their feelings anymore because we're angry with them. A good way of finding what makes us angry is to explore what makes us scared, what overwhelms us. We often talk about fight-flight responses in terms of trauma and depending on our experiences of anger, we can have similar responses. There's fight, which says, oh no, you don't speak to me that way. Or you don't ignore me, you don't get to shut me out, and we fight it. We might keep initiating interactions, or we might yell back. We stand our ground somehow. And stay connected to the situation in an attempt to gain control over it. Flight responses. We know how those feel. They're the ones that make us run. They're the ones that make us say, oh, I can't even talk to you about this. And we go and we shut a door. We run. We try and get safe. Freeze responses, that's the deer in headlights thing, where we're maybe faced with somebody who's angry, who is saying things like, well, what do you want to do then? What do you think we should do? How do you think it should be fixed? Do you think this is okay? Demanding some kind of response from us. And we find ourselves completely blank, perhaps even feeling physically paralyzed, unable to communicate, unable to know what we have in us to communicate. We just shut down. And this has the unfortunate effect of often inflaming whoever is already angry at us. Because if they're in fight mode, they want somebody to fight back. They want pushback. They want connection. And we've frozen up. We can't engage. Our mind has shut down to keep us safe. There's a fourth response. And for alliterative purposes, fight, flight, freeze, it's often called fawn, F-A-W-N. Because I'm difficult, I would go with rhyming instead. So I go fight, flight, freeze, appease. Because appeasing is what somebody who is in fawn mode does. They look to head off the anger. To solve the issues so quickly by being so agreeable and so amenable. That the, the anger has got no more need to be there. Somebody who employs fawning or appeasing in response to anger may often present as having no needs of their own. They're entirely focused on making the other person okay again. And this is what makes them feel safe. 
if I can appease this anger, then they'll be okay. And then they'll be okay with me and I will be okay. That's the kind of flow chart. Which one sounds like you? I know for me, my fight response has been overactive for years. But certain contexts will flip me into a flight response, relational conflict, for instance. So our our anger responses, or our, I should say our responses to anger, can really differ depending on the context in which it presents, yeah? So if I'm in a romantic relationship and there is conflict, flight is likely to present at a certain pitch of conflict. If conflict initiates quite quickly, my first response is fight. If it doesn't resolve quickly, I flight. I rarely freeze and I don't fawn. That's my patterning. What's yours? TCKs, I think, can often deploy different responses. I'm sure this is true of non-TCKs as well, but I think it's interesting to try and notice the different cultural expressions of anger that might elicit different responses in us. So if somebody in authority was angry at me, I'm much more likely actually to use appease. If somebody older than me is angry at me, I'm much more likely to use appease, especially if they're also in authority. And that's got a lot to do with my story and my relationship to authority figures. Can you see a pattern that, that's going on for you? And if you're feeling stuck in one particular response, what is that doing for you? It will be being deployed to keep you safe, but what is it costing you? Fight used to cost me so much in energy. So much in energy and peace of mind. Because there's no space for negotiation in fight. I just had to win or run, right? Flight. There's no emotional security available to us in that space. There's no negotiation or compromise. Fawning can lead to an awful lot of just feeling depleted and exhausted. You're constantly running around making sure everybody else feels okay. And freeze equally can lead to a huge sense of helplessness. Flight can lead to a lot of loneliness. We might feel safe, but we might also feel alone. Healthy anger. Healthy anger is a thing. <laughs> and this is why I love anger, because it has the potential to do so much for us. If we can work through our fear of it, in ourselves and in others and start to notice what it can do to serve us. Anger, when we're feeling 
So when I'm working with people walking through their life story, quite often there will be moments of real anger that we encounter, anger that something happened, anger that something didn't happen in their story. And that anger is very healthy. That anger says it should have been different. That anger says I was worth more than that. Anger says I wanted something different to that. Anger reminds us who we are and what we're worth. It communicates displeasure. What's the point of doing that with ourselves in our historical past? Gosh, that's a pointless phrase, historical past. But what is the point of anger when we are directing it towards our past? That's what I want to say. The point of it is our own minds, our own selves can hear ourselves. We are speaking to ourselves about our worth. And very often, if other people have not been angry on our behalf, we forget how to do that or perhaps we don't even learn how to do that. But our mind is listening to the words we use and our tone that we use towards ourselves. And if at no point it's hearing, gosh, that was rubbish, that should have happened differently. It didn't, but it should have happened differently. I needed something else than that. Then we start to think we're not worth it. Communicating discontent is a really, really important part of our psychological health. I mean, you look at any developing child, any child, and child development experts will say this, any child that is too good, (laughs) too amenable, constantly okay, is a child that is not asserting itself on the world around it and is probably fawning, appeasing out of fear of other people's displeasure. It's learnt very young to be very good and that way people will keep loving it. And that is tragic. Communicating displeasure is a healthy child's way of saying, I want this different. And it's safe for me to want it different because even if I don't get it different, everybody knows and can cope with me being unhappy about it. And as adults, we need to keep doing this too. Yes, I might be grumpy that I have to get up at a certain time to help my daughter get ready for school. And I can shame myself out of acknowledging that feeling because what good mother would resent that? But that anger, that resentment doesn't go anywhere but inside. If I can communicate to myself honestly that I wish it was different, then I have an opportunity. I can change how I'm relating to myself. Instead of feeling shame, I can feel compassion. Healthy anger initiates change, either in the world around us or in how we're relating to ourselves and other people. Healthy anger is power. It helps make change happen. And healthy anger protects us. 
If we feel a boundary, either physical or emotional, has been violated in a relationship, our healthy anger shows up to say, "Mm -mm, nope, that's not happening. And we can feel really uncomfortable when it does that because we want to be in this everlasting, loving rainbows and unicorns sense of being with our loved ones. But boundaries being crossed happens. And our healthy anger about that is a way of saying, no, I had reasons for putting that boundary there, it protects me. Anger needs expression. It needs to flow out of us. And very often we've imbibed these beliefs around anger being scary or out of control, and so we hold it in for fear of frightening the people around us, perhaps the same way that we ourselves have experienced fear. And we hold it in and we hold it in and it starts to turn on us. We become angry with ourselves for feeling angry. How exhausting. But finding physical releases, throwing a ball really hard or screaming into a pillow or clenching and unclenching our fists. Anger responses, especially when they're fear-induced, so boundaries being crossed or um, because we're feeling under threat um, in some way, and that might be through tiredness or it might be through work overwhelm or it might be a relationship that just never lets up demanding of us. But that will kick in an adrenaline response. Our bodies are not hugely sophisticated in being able to work out what needs physical adrenaline let's actually run away from the threat or a kind of emotional adrenaline boost that we need to kind of respond to the threat um, more subtly but that adrenaline is activated and it needs a way out so going for a walk taking steadying breaths or just waving your arms around madly for a moment needs out are you holding anger in your body today anger towards yourself anger towards others anger towards a set of circumstances that is just doing your head in can you express that even if just to yourself does it feel really uncomfortable Anger doesn't have to be how it showed up in our stories in the past. We can find new ways of doing it, but this feeling is going to stay and we need it to. We need healthy anger. It tells us who we are and what we want and what we find acceptable in our lives. But we need it healthy. I hope this has been helpful. If you've got any questions or wonderings arising from it, please do email me at rachelkason at explorelifestory.com. I'd love to hear from you. Anger is not an easy feeling, but it's one you have every right to 
And it's one that your body needs you to acknowledge and respect and honour. Figure out how you currently operate and what healthy operation could look like for you. You're allowed to be angry. Take care. Thank you for listening. Bye.